1: Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show for you today. We've got a special guest in the studio with us. We do. Tony, who is it?
2: We have Matt White with The Killers. Absolutely great to have you, Matt. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great, guys.
2: The Killers, of course, is uh, referring to pests uh, and rodents. Um, Lots,
3: Lots of bugs and critters.
2: And not, like... Teenage boyfriends? No. That daughters bring. Well, we
3: we can, but we just charge a little extra for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, good. It's great to have you, um Matt. Always out doing the job nobody wants to do. Yeah. I mean, that's really. It's like you, firefighters and police. <laughs> Everybody else is running out. You're running in. I mean,
3: Everybody's running from the bed bugs, and we're running in to kill yeah, them. Oh, man, yeah, bed
2: <laughs> bugs. That's what I'm saying. I mean, uh I feel like you have one of those jobs where. Uh, very few people can do it and be successful and still get out of bed every day and it, smile. And it, you smile a lot. It so keeps us busy. You have this thing, yeah. Anyway, it's great to talk to you. You're the guy that everybody needs. Um, you know, one thing that's never ever gonna change, taxes, and pests.
3: You're gonna always it's, have bugs it's around. It's
2: definitely one of those uh, one of those things.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Tony. The reason we bring Matt on this show every single year, it seems like, is to talk this time of year. Yeah, this time of year, bugs are coming out. The critters are kind of trying to, you know, invade your home. Yeah, and that's what Matt does. Matt,
2: white, with the killers, takes care of them. Should I tell the story how I first met Matt? You should, because it's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my (laughs) lifetime ever. I absolutely love the Christmas. This is the new Christmas story. It's the Christmas story as told by Corey Valdez. Uh, Let's hear it. Give it to me. So I, uh, I had a
1: Christmas tree in my home. And the like, two, three days after we got the thing, all of a sudden these bugs appeared all over. And uh, turns out, I thought they were. What did I think they? You were? thought they were silverfish. Silverfish. Correct. Because they were all up in the uh, uh, the cathedral ceiling of my. And they were these long, skinny. Yeah, they looked sort of gross. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. So I'm like, oh great, we have this infestation. I'm doing a lot of googling, and I'm like, oh man, we're screwed here. So I get on, online, I find a company that has really good reviews, I call him, Matt White personally, the owner of the killer, shows up at <laughs> my house. He's the only guy working on like Christmas Eve or whatever <laughs> night it was. <laughs> yeah, he gets, uh, he gets up on the, uh, the ladder, and he reaches up and he grabs one with his fingers, just <laughs> pulls it down, he's like, yeah, these aren't silverfish. <laughs> I'm like, well, what in the world are they? He's like, well, they probably came out of your Christmas tree. I'm like, oh my God. Yep. They yep. literally showed up the day or after or a couple of days
2: after we got that stupid thing. So. And not only were they not what you thought they were, it wasn't an infestation at all. Yeah. But was, you know what? <laughs> it was just a Christmas tree. While treat. Matt
1: was there, he said, well, you know what? We should take a look. Let me just give you your free uh, you know, home evaluation. He cli- he put on a zippered Tyvek suit, climbed into my crawlspace, which is disgusting, by the way. <laughs> I know. I've been and, there. Uh, and <laughs> he was like, you know, I did find some some mice and rat." Droppings.
2: Yikes. So we hired him on the spot. We're like, yeah. get rid of them Yeah. And I already, I'm here to attest, he killed a bunch of mice because I had to go back down there later and they were dead all over. Oh, gross. Yeah. Uh, you're right. You did catch a lot of mice here. And then some more. And then some more.
3: We do. Yeah. Yeah. Usually he, when there's uh, one mouse or a rat, there is definitely uh, a few friends.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't want to have those things around. That's the grossest thing ever. Uh, it's absolutely, I mean, maybe not ever, but it's pretty gross. <laughs> Yeah, that was in the
1: winter, Matt, and I know uh, a lot of different bugs come out in the wintertime. Since it's spring, what are we looking at now? What are all the things that are coming out and trying to uh, bug us?
3: <laughs> the the big ones right now are going to be uh, definitely ants, but we're also getting a ton of calls for box elder beetles and stink bugs. But uh, the last week or so since the weather changed, that's definitely been the what the reason and the cause is of uh, the big infestation increases is, totally. is definitely why they're related. So
1: I want to ask you, what is the biggest difference between a stink bug and a box elder? Because, I mean, I've talked to people that think they're the same thing. Box elder, they kind of look similar. Box elder bugs kind of look like a
2: really small version of a stink bug. but Yeah, they have this sort of rigid back shell, which I know you've told me <laughs> is crazy. Like like It's like armor that you just takes so yes. much to try to... Anyways, they have this sort of... Backshell, but but a box elder is narrower, thinner, sort of skinnier. Correct. And he's got a little red or something. Stink bugs are kind of a brown gray.
3: Correct. Yeah, they're more oval shaped or roundish in shape. Uh, definitely very hard shelled, and they live up to their name. If you you smash one, uh, it definitely smells. Ugh. Uh, oh, whereas yeah. the, the box hate elders. I the smell of stink bugs. <laughs> yeah, the box elders definitely don't have that odor. Uh, they're both annoying. They both hang out in the same areas, predominantly on the the south and west side of the house. Um, depending on how well your house is sealed up, uh, you can, you know, they'll get in around windows or the window casings and, and that's the main way they get inside a house or even through the attic areas. If you have recessed lighting, they can get in that way. But the, uh, the big thing is, is hitting a lot. Like when we treat, we hit a lot of the cracks and crevices around the outside of the house where they like to hide and winter over.
2: Yeah. I tell you what, those things find every nook and cranny. Okay. So it's, uh, it's just coming to summertime. Right, And I'm pulling out my window sliding, my slide panel of my window and my screen to put my air conditioner in the window. Mm -hmm. Right, Not right now, but this is the last year. Like 52 box elders. (laughs) And they're just everywhere. They're in every single tiny nook and cranny everywhere. And I feel like the sun comes out, shines on one side of my house, and that's where they are. There's like a thousand of them on the side of the house. They're trying to get all warm. They're absolutely, it's the craziest... Okay, so I uh, I can remember so many years, right? When I was a kid and getting older, and and box elders and stink bugs for me were never, and they weren't an issue. Like there weren't clouds of of stink bugs, you know, all over the place when I was a kid. I feel like they didn't come on until recently.
3: That's correct. Like the the definitely the stink bugs, um, they really started up about five years ago, and. More than likely just brought in from areas that were more naturally located um, on you know vehicles or trucks, things like that, and that's definitely when there's no natural predators in an area they're they're gonna f- you know flourish pretty pretty readily and so that's why we've definitely seen a huge increase in in those um, box elders. They've been around a long time. we definitely see ebbs and flows in the the amount of activity uh, sometimes it's based on weather. But definitely, uh, we see a, a definite cycle of them every few years.
1: Where did stink bugs even come from?
3: I think more in like the South is where they originally started and then just kind of worked their way throughout the United States. And now they seem to be pretty much everywhere in the they're United
2: States. They're impossible, not impossible. They're very difficult to kill. They are. I mean, they're very difficult to kill in big numbers. They're not hard to kill. You can smash one. Oh, yeah. You pay for that. Yep. Um, you could even, you know, do something else. But killing them in big numbers you know better than anybody. They're pretty tough little buggers. They,
3: the, the definitely the hard shell makes it uh, them less permeable for for the products and stuff that we're using. But they, they definitely like to hide out in the trees, just like the box elders do, and then you know fly in by the thousands and
2: then <laughs> uh, attack a house. You know what they remind me of, Corey? They remind me of the sloth of bugs they're <laughs> they slow are. and they stupid <laughs> and you know and they're and they just don't die uh and they're just frustrating those things i know you shoe one and they're like Egh. "Yeah, I don't even I care don't, about you uh, <laughs> okay, no.
1: and they,
3: they dropped, definitely smell
2: he dropped poison on their back and they were still alive whatever we got to take a quick break thekillers.net check it out you're listening to tony and Corey. your weekend warriors don't go away
0: tony and Corey.
1: hey welcome back to the weekend warriors home improvement show thanks for staying with us if you haven't already go check out our instagram and facebook we're at ww uh, or you can check us out on our website it's wwhomeshow.com uh, we're also all over youtube now we're video podcasting this episode with matt sitting here in the studio with us Uh, We're excited to have you, Matt. Matt with The Killers. Yep. What is the website again?
3: Thekillers.net.
1: Thekillers.net. And uh, you operate where?
3: Uh, Pretty much the metro areas, like all all within 50 miles out from all the Portland metro area, north, south, south. Out of Salem down to Albany, Corvallis, Lebanon, and then we have an office over in Newport that we service Lincoln County.
1: Nice. Well, we have a lot of listeners in that area. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm sure a lot of listeners that have this problem. Yeah. Uh, we should talk a little bit about. We you know during the break we were kind of talking about uh, some preventative things, things that a homeowner mm-hmm. can do to prevent some of these big problems. Absolutely. Maybe something. Maybe it gets too much. At what point do you call the big guns in? Yeah
3: with with bugs it really comes down to a person's level of what they do or don't want to see in their home some for some people that can be one spider and you know they're they're tapping out and <laughs> I they, know somebody they, they want house down yeah. to turn their yeah see a spider <laughs> so that it really is is preference of a person um, of what they they want in their home uh and so it, i've i've had people call you know from the outside of their house when they're, you know, they, they see a mouse inside and that can be men or women just deathly afraid <laughs> of whatever that critter or bug might be. And so it, it really comes down to what a person does or don't want, does or doesn't or does want to have in their home. Um, and that's when, when people will call, obviously when you get the massive explosion, like right now, we're seeing a ton of, you know, people get a thousand ants in the morning on oh, their, yeah. their counters. So oh we, we get that call a lot this time of year.
2: Ugh, it's terrible. The it's ants. terrible. I mean, I'm just saying I've, I've been that guy, right? When we bought our property, uh there was an old manufactured home on it, which which we tore down mm-hmm. uh, and then excavated the property for to build our home. And when we excavated the property, they uncovered the giant the, mm-hmm. this the biggest ant colony you've ever yep. seen, like it was the mother ant colony, mm-hmm. and we should have probably addressed it then. we should have mm-hmm. torched it, or who knows whatever. Yep. but we didn't. And um and then we built our house there, and uh, those, those ants, it almost seems to me that it doesn't matter what I do, they're coming in. The question is, do they come in and leave with something that kills them, or do they come in and leave with just food?
3: Just a snack. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so I feel like I've been there. And, you know, some mornings you just come in and you're like, ugh, ants. Other mornings you come in and you're like, Phew. you know, you're infuriated because... They're in your food. They're on your counter. Yeah. They're on your dishes. And suddenly your mind starts saying, what have they crawled on that I don't know? Do I need to spick and span my whole you know, <laughs> place because they've been touching everything? It's gross.
3: I had a lady call the other day. She uh, was getting her morning coffee ready and grabbed her cup, and she was just getting ready to take a drink of it. And there was ants in the bottom of the cup because she had ants. Ugh. They were either in the coffee pot or they were in her cup when she started out and just didn't realize it. And you don't – the thing is,
2: is – a split second, and mm-hmm. maybe you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And then, when you found them, was the, when they were in your mouth. <laughs> and that's not the time to find that there's ants. In I your just kitchen.
1: envisioned them like parachuting down and landing in the coffee cup, <laughs> and then blub 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 down to the bottom. Yeah, gross. Doing the backstroke in the coffee. It's uh. terrible. It's terrible. You're like, man, there's a lot of sugar <laughs> <laughs> grinding them. Citrus, so let's, citrusy. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about ants for a little bit. Okay, you know there are a lot of things that somebody can do. Mm-hmm. Around their home, just to prevent them. Absolutely. You know, and what are some of the things that people are doing uh, that are bringing them in? The the biggest thing that contributes to ants is just people
3: not keeping the the trees and bushes around their homes trimmed back from the house. Uh, we recommend a minimum of, of a foot or so, twelve inches or so. Uh, but especially with bigger trees or your laurels, uh, a foot is really not enough. If if you're only going to trim once a year, a laurel might grow two or three times, and so if In best case scenarios, for some of the bigger stuff, you want to get it back two or three feet from the house because by the time it grows through the season, unless you're going to be out there trimming every couple months, uh, it's better to trim it back a little further and not have to worry about it because ants will definitely find that avenue to not go down to the ground and go from the structure to the tree that has aphids and all the other food sources on it and never get into the products that say we're going to put down. And so we watch for that because I actually had a house one time where Never had problems in this house for many years. Been a client and called, and we're having ants inside, and so couldn't find ants anywhere. Actually, went up onto the roof, and when the wind would blow, this big tree branch, and it was a huge tree. <laughs> the tree branch would blow over, touch the house, and the ants would run off and deposit off. the ants. They would run off of the branch onto the top of the house, and they deposit. would just sit there. And they would sit there and
2: just wait for for the tree branch to come
3: back. One hundred amazing. Ants. troop yeah. deployment. Two hundred <laughs> ants. It's just amazing. Three hundred ants.
2: Yeah, it's like a drawbridge. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I have kind of a similar story about that. First of all, we're talking about like little sugar ants, right? Correct. Tiny little things, not these big. Um, but my next door neighbor um, got he was so fed up with the ants, and we we're probably sharing a colony. Honestly, I think <laughs> back possible. to the to the interviews that we've had with you mm-hmm. and talked to you. I learned a lot about ants. Um, but we he's my next door neighbor, and so we probably were sharing the same ants. Anyways, he had gone to every length. He treated his lawn. He treated the entire outside of his house. He cleaned the entire inside of his house. He did not leave a single crumb of food anywhere that would draw <laughs> ants into the house. And he came to me and he said, Tony, I got him. He says, I have handled my ant problem. No more ants in my house. Right. And I was like, good for you, dude. I'm still working on it. And then one day he got bold and he left an apple core, just an apple <laughs> core in the sink. Right. Right. And he's like, doesn't matter. They can't get in there. They they simply can't do it. Left an apple core in the sink, and here's what happened: the ants are climbing. The ants are climbing off of the power line into mm-hmm. the tree. Not even going to his yard, through the tree to the across the power line to the house. His mm-hmm. power comes in through the roof, right? right, instead of underground, and then right down the power line into the walls. Out the outlet into the kitchen, and that is how they were getting into his house. And they never even were going across this minefield of ant death that he had in the lawn. He thought he had it figured out, but those ants are determined.
3: Very smart. Uh,
1: It's
2: I don't understand it.
1: I mean, you get one ant. I mean, is it just that they smell it? Can they smell an apple core sitting in your sink a mile (laughs) away? It's crazy. I I don't know if it I don't think
2: think they
3: smell, but they just send out so many scouts, right? Scouts looking for they stumble upon it. Thousands of you know friends searching for whatever the snack is and they they can find it. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. It's not about yeah, it's they send them they send them out one at a time, right? One by one, they send them out. One guy gets it, and then he calls. He's like, here I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Follow me. Come. To me, come to my voice. Follow my voice. He says, "Follow my."
3: I always tell people it's kind of like you. You look at like say like that an apple core in a big house. It would be like sending us out into a neighborhood to find a sandwich somebody hid somewhere in a neighborhood. Right, and being able to find it, and <laughs> Tony so could find
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would find it. That's me. I'm the food finder, sandwich <laughs> <laughs> king. Yeah, I would be the. I would be the pride scout ant of my colony. Yeah. Because I would be the food finder.
1: What about keeping garbage cans mm-hmm. in the garage? I know a ton of people that do this or pop cans or those sorts of things.
3: Yeah, the the can thing is, is one that definitely, like I rinse my cans out just a little bit just so you don't have any excess sugar of the, yeah, because if it's Syrupy. sitting in there, you definitely will, and it can even be uh, beer bottles and stuff. They'll get into that as well. So any of that type of stuff, you're going to, you know, recycling and things, or if you're recycling your, your cans. Uh, for uh, food stuff, you want to definitely rinse those things out and then before you put them in your recycling.
1: Yeah, we started doing bottle drop. Me too. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking your cans in and putting them in the little machine one at a time, we just load them into a big bag. Green bag. Cross my fingers. I mean, we have the killers come out twice a year to my home and and take care of all those things anyway, but we haven't had any problems. And we do keep that in my garage. That's probably I need to get away from doing that.
2: Well, I rinse my cans like you do. Mm -hmm. I I finish a soda. I rinse it out. That's it. So now it just doesn't have excess, like you said, sugar in there uh, that's pulling them in. But soda cans will do it. Ants love empty soda cans that have a little bit of sugar left in the bottom of the can. I always think about the softball tournament when the bees...
1: Are just in those, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Those cans. Canned... Or you
2: just take that last two sips of your drink, and you put it up to your mouth, and a bee comes out. He's already in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, got to take a quick break. We're going to run this to you one more time. killers.net. Check it out. You're listening to Tony and Corey. Your Weekend Warriors will be right back.
0: to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking with Matt White with The Killers. The uh, killers. pest eliminate No, not. It's pest control. It is. Pest it's, elimination?
3: Your, your local pest pros
2: yeah it's the pest- killers your it's, local pest pros if it's at- a problem with pests he's going to handle it <laughs> and it that's all you need know i'm he gonna handle it
3: we, 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 kill, we, him.
2: Yeah. we kill him yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna handle it he's gonna do it professionally because he's been doing this for 25 years yeah if you want a professional on the job to help you deal with the thing that you don't want to deal with doesn't matter Whatever it is, if it's bigger or smaller or stinkier or uglier or bitier, whatever, <laughs> you don't want to handle it and you want it done right. Well, they don't always kill them. Thekillers.net.
1: They can trap, right? I mean, if you have critters in your. House, do you guys deal with the larger stuff like uh squirrels? And we don't, uh, we, can, we can
3: do exclusion, uh, and a lot of that stuff. Uh, there are easy you, you can do live trapping of say skunks or raccoons when they get into a house. Oh, skunks, uh,
2: have you trapped a skunk?
3: I have personally. I mean, you're there, asking at for a friend's it house so, at that point, right? Yeah, it's it's not fun, <laughs> it's definitely not a fun experience.
2: <laughs> definitely wearing one of those full body.
3: Oh yeah! Yikes! Wrapping them with plastic and... Sorry, I and cut you off. Tell no, to, no, it's good.
2: Tell us more about exclusion. But, uh, but we can do uh,
3: either fix. Usually, they're getting in through a foundation vent, and so we can do exclusion work on the the vents and fix those. But also putting in one way doors, so whatever the critter is can get back out, but can't get back in. And then mm. and then fixing that vent. So
1: there there are avenues oh, yeah. besides trapping because yeah, they and, won't stay in there forever. No, no, they're I mean, definitely they're coming in and out every foraging, night, looking every for night. water. Yep. So I had a, uh, I had a rat problem. In my crawl space. Right. And uh, your guys came out Mm -hmm. to my house. This was, uh, I think, last spring. And, uh, yeah, there was an area on the side of my house, one of the foundation vents that had some sort of, you know, piping, ran, Mm -hmm. whoever did something there. And uh, they sealed it up with some special silver-looking foam and some other things. And he's like, you're good to go. Uh, But that rat was still in there. And uh, they
2: set traps up in there, and we got him. Yeah. I mean, you've had, here's the thing about, I, I'm just going to sh- just touch on this a little bit. Corey's your house was built what year? 77. So your house is built in 77. Okay, here we go. It's 50 years old, right? Ish, right? 40, 50 years old, right?
1: Yeah, well, 40, 42. It's
2: established. These are the houses I feel like where you find a lot more uh, problems where things have had a chance to move in. Maybe they go unnoticed for a while, you know, older homes. It's not so much maybe in the newer homes, subdivisions, track homes, that kind of stuff. It's just different.
3: Like uh, we get a lot of termites in those older homes because you're right. It does take a little bit longer in some areas for for bugs to get in. Uh, But we have brand new homes where... Ants and rodents, I mean, within a month are or coming right in there. You know, if you they take a big field and put in a housing
1: development and the ants are already there.
3: They're already in the ground and so we're putting nice like, warm oh, no, houses no, you over it. <laughs> yep. And so they come right in.
2: Yeah. They're displacing all of those rodents. But I feel like your house is like the OG, right? It's all okay with all these things that are living in and around it. You know, it's like a whale in the ocean that has these little fish following around, and suckers and, you know, barnacles growing on This is the weirdest it. analogies ever. Yeah. <laughs> Your house is that whale with all these barnacles growing on it. It's just like, whatever. They're just latched onto me. I'm dragging them around.
1: I love my whale
2: then. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, I think that's one of the things that comes with an older home. And, uh, and that's okay. you you know, you've been getting it handled and uh, I think that's great. I love what you do. So exclusion. And then we've talked about ants. We talked about box elders and, and stink bugs. We talked a little bit about termites. No, talked a little bit about carpenter ants. We didn't talk much about termites. You said that termites uh, can't go around outside, right? They have to build these little mud tunnels. Correct. And I feel like where I've seen those is right on my foundation. On the outside of my foundation, these little sort of look like mud straws mm-hmm. attached to the side of the foundation.
3: It, it happens it, it, more often. We see them under the house, but the, I have definitely seen them over the years on the outside of a house. Um, they just they don't like to be out in the the weather much. They like that enclosed crawl space, you know, and that's where they do a lot of damage. Is they're out of sight, out of mind for a long time, a lot of years, and so there's definitely certain areas that are. More problematic than others uh, for termites, you'll find it. It usually is a, a certain neighborhood that has a lot of termite problems, and then certain neighbors have a lot of ant problems. But but termites come from the ground, and so your the couple treatments you can do are either injecting termiticides in the ground or doing borate treatments of the wood structure itself to protect the structure. Uh, But we also do uh, a termite bait system that you can put around the outside of a house. And it's uh, more of a uh, less toxic way of treating. Uh, It's called the Centricon Always Active Bait System. And it does a a great job at killing termite colonies in the ground. And it's just a bait station that goes every 10 feet or so around the outside of a house. Uh, But it's just a a great way to treat. So we do the, the borate treatments under the homes to protect that. And then do the the Centricon always active uh, bait system around the outside of homes to kill the actual colonies in the ground.
2: So does the borate uh, det- deter them? Or, it does. It, yeah, or they does won't. it Just kill them if they, they
3: eat it, it? if they chew into it. It'll it'll deter them that way. But also, they generally don't chew into it because of the borate being present. So there.
2: we actually sell um, borate treated tr- uh, sill plate at Par Lumber Company. Perfect. Correct. Um, and so, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I knew that it was a treated material and they called it, they call it X bore or borate treated, but I did not know it was for bugs. Did you? I did, yeah. Oh yeah, I did not. I never made that connection until you said borate treated just now. Yeah, borate's a great,
1: great product It protects against uh, fungus too, fungicide Mm -hmm. and all those things.
2: So if somebody that owns a home saw a mud tunnel, like we talked about, somewhere on their property, Mm -hmm. you're like 99 times out of 100, that's something that needs to be treated.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Termites are definitely not one you want to mess with. It, it's definitely not something that a homeowner can do themselves. It, it takes a pretty significant treatment to get rid of termites. The, another real common area people get them is in the garage where the concrete slab and the, the wall of the foundation come together. Could be around the heating system or a lot of times if people put a freezer or refrigerator in their garage. That warmth and vibration will draw termites to that area, that seam between the foundation and the slab, and they come up and build the mud tunnels in that area as well. I've actually seen uh, termites wrap the mud tube around a motor on a refrigerator before. Wow. What? Yeah, it was almost totally encased. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty pretty impressive.
2: Like a dune worm. That is a uh, that is a brave little bug.
3: Yeah. They're they're pretty tenacious.
2: Uh yeah so termites ugh, termite and termites let's talk about this termites are white
3: they are white uh the one we do looks with like an albino ant kind of correct and a lot of people think that if, if for some reason they're you know a lot of times people will sweep up in that garage area and then oh they see a bunch of them running around there but it's the subterranean termite that we're dealing with that's the problem one uh, and it does come from the ground uh, but it is, looks like almost like a little white maggot um, but it's uh, definitely very devastating to structures
2: yeah I mean it's just gonna hollow it out. The, the foundation of the structure and it, it could just collapse right on itself.
1: Yeah. You would never know.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, let's talk about some, let's talk about mosquitoes for a second. We kind of touched earlier on things that people can do to avoid having a pest problem at their home. Mm-hmm. Here's a tip that I learned from Matt in, in programs past and tell me if I'm wrong or if I got this wrong. A good way to control mosquitoes, especially right now, this is the time, make sure you don't have standing water on your property that shouldn't be, like a bucket, a five-gallon bucket full, or tires that are stacked that have water inside there. Is this right?
3: Yeah, those. that's the, the main thing. Standing water is definitely one of the biggest causes for mosquito issues, or overwatering your yard is another one, too, where you, you get people that put bark dust down, and then they overwater a lot, so you get really damp areas continually. And that can be just as bad as water sitting in a tire if you get that excess moisture sitting on the ground all the time.
1: So mosquitoes will nest in bark dust like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I did not know that.
3: Yeah, because if it stays wet enough, it, it they just need that dampness. Uh, and so it, if it's really damp and wet all the time, if you overwater it, you can have that same situation and, and nesting area.
2: Hmm. I cannot stand mosquitoes. That's my worst thing. It's my least favorite. I do not. Because... Because a mosquito bite, one mosquito bite, <laughs> alters my life. I mean, you know, I can't concentrate on work. It's terrible. I do not like mosquito bites. I do not like them, Sam. I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are, so let's say you do have, you know, an established puddle of water that you just fight with and you can't eliminate. Are there things you can do? I mean, I've can heard you of treat these. the water? Do these, you know, I've heard of these tablets that you throw into those. things. There are. Um, We don't do much with the the
3: tablets and stuff, but there are different treatments of water and stuff that you can do. You just have to be very careful on on whatever products you're putting into that because if other animals are drinking that water. That's where you got to be very very, very careful. Yeah. The chickens. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You don't want to have you don't want to sterilize the eggs that the chickens are making for you (laughs) by um, bleaching the standing water that's in the yard. (laughs) Speaking of chickens. Do you guys, uh, do you do exclusion for chickens?
3: We don't do exclusion, but we definitely uh, <laughs> deal with a lot of the rats that come with the, oh, the chickens. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. We need
2: to talk about that. We definitely we do. definitely, because chickens are super popular. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Ugh. Ugh. Chickens are gross. All right, got to take a quick break. When we come back, more with Matt White and the Killers. You're listening to Tony Core, your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back.
0: Warriors home improvement show built by par Lumber. now
1: here's tony and Corey. hey welcome back to the weekend warriors home improvement show thanks for staying with us today in the show we've got matt white with the killers in the studio with us we're recording right now uh, on youtube we're all over youtube you should go check that out
2: subscribe and like to our page uh, we would love that so I've um, I I've just saw, saw witnessed something What I've never witnessed before in my lifetime ever, and I, and I need to share it with our listeners. What? This is a big deal. A bee flew into the studio where we were with Matt White, with the killers, and he did not kill it. <laughs> do you know why, Corey? Do you know why he didn't I kill do, it? I do, because he said so. He did say. Say it. He said, well, that's a mason bee. They don't sting, and they're good for the garden. That's right. I they was are. thinking that I had had a conversation with him before about bugs that he didn't kill and um this is one of those yeah honey bees mason bees i do
1: i will we'll get into bees later i have a whole line of questions about bees in general we've actually (laughs) had listeners call and criticize us because we've told stories about killing bees. Right, right. And so I want to learn the differences between the the all the different types and what's good, good bees, what's bad. Bad bees.
3: Hornets, what? wasps, yellow jackets.
2: Bees knees. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the knees. Uh, but before <laughs> the break, we were talking about ants. And there are a lot of different types of ants. Correct. Uh, some of the bad, I mean, they're all a nuisance, but some are worse than others. Correct. You know, the sugar ants and the, what'd you call them, the citrus ants? Are those pretty much the same thing? Yeah, I think they are. They just kind of call them citrus ants because when you squish them, sometimes they smell like oranges. Well, they have
3: kind of a that uh, citrusy or an ammonia kind of smell. Um, it's actually called an odorous house ant, and it gets its name okay, because of that. Go. And that's probably the most common small ant that we deal with. There's, I would say, probably... Eight different species that we deal with predominantly all over the Northwest, uh, very consistently. But odorous house ants is definitely the number
1: one. That the we number deal with. one. Mm-hmm. What are some of the bad ones, the really bad ones? If you see them, you got an issue. Like fire ants. Uh, fortunately, we don't have fire ants in the area. If you've ever been <laughs> in the
3: South, and uh, you know, it's fire ants are not a fun one to deal with. Especially if you've ever been in one of the nests. They don't. Uh, they don't give up. They're merciless. And they so, bite. Yeah, they bite and sting, and it's, oh, it's man. everywhere. They bite and sting. Uh, it, it, I believe it's formic acid. They leave a little spot on your skin, and it's not good. Definitely uh, not good. Hurts. So yeah, we definitely don't want them here. From here.
1: From so we don't deal with we don't deal with those. That's good. That's good. What what do we deal with? What are some of the bad ones that we deal with here?
3: The big one that we deal with that is a structural issue is, is carpenter ants, and and we're definitely starting to see them coming out now with the warmer weather as well. And a lot of times we'll get calls from folks and asking, you know, when should I call? You know, with carpenter ants, if you're starting to see ants inside the house, that's usually the the time to call because carpenter ants don't just happen to forage inside of your house and and you know show up in the kitchen. That tells us there's a colony in your structure somewhere generally. And so that that's usually that first indicator. You know, if you see ant, you know, carpenter ants, you know, 20, 30 feet away from the house just kind of cruising around or on your fence that may not be an issue, uh, but when you're getting them inside the stru- inside the structure, whether it's kitchen and bathroom, which are the most common areas, that's a, a telltale sign that they're there. Somewhere.
1: Why is that the most common?
3: The just because of colony sizes. I mean, your colony size of carpenter ants might be in that three to five thousand ant range, whereas a uh, odorous ant colony can actually have tens of thousands, you know, or 50, 100,000 ants. So we've seen huge ones. Like just the other day, we had one uh, consistent client that had been with us for a little while having consistent ant problems. So we actually went into the crawl space again and found under the vapor barrier, there was about an eight foot by 10 foot section underneath the vapor barrier that was a solid mass of odorous house ants and the, the eggs. And it was just, I mean, just amazing. I mean, the pictures that we have of it is just, it's crazy. I mean, you're talking... Again, tens of thousands of ants down underneath there. And if, and if you don't go underneath and find that area, you will never eliminate the ants in that house.
2: Oh, my wow. That well, is, that. I mean, that's astounding. It that yeah. is astounding.
1: Um, My question more specifically is why in the bathroom and kitchen? I mean, do they like the moisture? Is that
3: why? Yeah, moisture and funguses. People don't realize, like, around your toilet, as much as you, as good as you clean around your toilets and, and you know, kitchen areas and stuff, there's always... Particles of food and funguses that grow in those areas, and that's what they're going
1: after.
2: There's a lot of fungus among us. Oh yeah, especially in the bathroom. Particles of food in the bathroom. I mean, I I, I imagine that that happens a lot in Corey's house. No, I don't eat very much in my bathroom. Um, but
3: snacking while you're in the shower.
2: <laughs> shower snacks. But when you're Maybe talking a shower beer, I don't know. When yeah. you're talking about carpenter ants, I don't know if this was said. Carpenter ants are big ants. It's yeah, like guess, the biggest of the ants. Yeah. How can you tell? What What is it? Maybe explain what
3: it looks like. Yeah. Generally, when you get ants that are going to be, you know, three eighths, you know, half inch or larger, those are usually going to be carpenter ants. Um, yeah. There's, there's different, uh, mainly three different species that we deal with. Uh, two of them will have some larger ants in their, uh, in their colony. Um, they're Polymorphic, meaning they come in more than one size. Okay, um, there is a, a type of carpenter ant that is all very similar in size, uh, and that's a, called a Essegai carpenter ant. And they are the ones that we see coming across the cable lines and stuff into the houses, and they like those upper areas. But the two uh, more common carpenter ants that we deal with are you're going to see multiple sizes in a colony. You'll see the, um, the workers without wings. And then this time of year, between now and, you know, first of June, you'll get the, the winged ones. And there's two different types of winged carpenter ants one that's about a half inch and one that's almost an inch long and the smaller winged ones are going to be the males the larger ones are going to be queens queen and those are they're they're big and so especially if you see those inside your house that tells you that you've had the, that ant colony anywhere from three to five years in oh, your house man oh,
2: wow if the queen's there yeah. it's pretty well yeah. substantial
3: and those are the ones that mate. They fly, mate, and then start a new colony. And so, when you start seeing the winged ones, that just tells you it's more significant of a problem than something that's just starting out.
1: Wow. So let's talk about what is some of the damage that could happen. I mean, because what do, what do they do? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm.
2: well, you, they call them carpenter ants. So eating... I assume they're building stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not building. They're tearing down. So what uh, what they do is they don't actually physically eat the wood. They just bore the wood out to live in. And so that's what they're making is galleries in the wood to house all of the new babies that are coming along, oh. the pupae and stuff. And so it, it's, they're just definitely tearing up a structure and they can, I've seen them where they just devastate beams and, and pure posts under a house. Uh, sill plates are a very common place for them to get into, uh, but definitely in wall voids. Wall voids is definitely by far the, the number one spot we find ants in general, both carpenter ants and small ants.
1: So a carpenter ant bores it out. So I actually had a situation when I was doing my kitchen remodel a few years mm-hmm. ago where you remember this, Tony, because you were there. I do. There was a beam. Excuse me. There was a beam in there that had all of these kind of striations through it that looked like maybe a worm or something had crawled through there. And I actually asked Matt, and I don't remember your answer, but you you asked me something about that beam because I think I sent a picture of it to uh-huh. you. And it looked we were to me, trying, I was I like, decide is this was...
2: termites. Yeah, we were trying to decide if it was carpenter ants or termites. And then you said having something to do with the... Th- with the difference between chewing it and eating it.
3: Correct. So if, one of the big differences between termites and, and ants or carpenter ants in a, in a wood structure is termites actually do eat the the cellulose of the wood, and so they're definitely feeding on that piece of wood where, the, again, the carpenter ants just bore it out to live in. So carpenter ants, when they bore it out, leave it everything very, very clean and smooth, whereas termites, it's kind of dirty. They leave uh, dropping pellets, fecal pellets and stuff throughout the – the area where they're tunneling through there, and you also see mud, which is saliva and stuff that they uh, build their tunnels or, or cap off areas if they come out of the wood to an open area. They can't be out in the open air, so they'll cover that with that saliva and mud. And it, it that's usually the biggest difference between the two is is termites are just more dirty in their colony and in, in that wood, and that's usually the easiest and way to
1: don't, tell. Uh, don't don't carpenter ants leave sawdust?
3: They can, yeah. It's called frass, and they'll. It's usually not in the tunnel the tunnels and stuff itself they actually board out and then they have an exit hole somewhere and they'll kick it out i've been in crawl spaces where you see this perfect pyramid of the Sun frass dust. coming right out of like a four by six you know pier and post uh, structure and there's just this two foot pile of frass coming sawdust coming out of the out of the the beam
2: wow yeah it's pretty pretty crazy i one of the things about it this is what i remember Uh, is that it's like it was choosing a certain line in the wood like some softer part of the wood or something like that and I feel like that had something to do with how you made the decision whether it was termites or carpenter
3: correct yeah the termites will with that cellulose, they will find the different uh, rings of a tree and so you can see some pretty ornate patterns of uh, of termites
2: we gotta take a quick break when we come back more with Matt White you're listening to Tony and Corey your weekend warriors don't go away
0: Show built by Bar Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show we're talking with Matt White from The Killers. Uh, you can find him online at thekillers.net. Uh, we'll also post a uh, a little post on our Facebook page. Uh, we're at facebook.com forward slash WW Show. We're also on Instagram at www.homeshow, uh, or you can go check out our website at www.homeshow.com.
2: You can also get us at par.com, p-a-r-r.com, That's right? And then click on the Weekend Warriors link.
1: That's right. If you, uh, we're always interested in your uh, comments too. If you want to send us an email, we're at uh, theweekendwarriors at par.com. That's p-a-r-r.com. So you can send us your questions, comments there. Yeah. It's if not- you have a question for Matt, feel free to email us, and uh, we'll pass
2: it along. Yeah, it's not the weekend warriors at par. Oh, it's just weekend just weekend, weekend warriors, weekend warriors right. at weekend par. Warriors at Absolutely. That, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to correct you. No, you're right. I just uh, it struck me kind of funny. Okay, we've been meaning to kind of talk a little bit about chickens. Uh, chickens, chickens are not really a pest. They're no. They're kind of a. They're not even really a pet. They're more like a farm animal. Well, some people like them as pets. Chickens? <laughs> yeah. Oh, lots of people like them as pets. Um, oh, yeah. It's really more of a farm animal. I mean, do. People have chickens specifically for eggs. Absolutely. Right? Not for another a, reason. We see that a lot now in the city. Right. Eggs, though. Urban chicken coop. It's because of the eggs. I mean, people don't just have chickens to have chickens. They well, have chickens to have eggs. I think some people have chickens just to have chickens. Really? Absolutely. I don't understand that. Did chickens they have the egg first
3: or the chicken? I don't know <laughs> oh. which one
2: came first, but I was uh, <laughs> recently on vacation um, in uh, in Florida and there are in Key West, there are wild chickens there. Chickens, just like a crow, oh, yeah. yep. just walking down the street. Chickens everywhere, just roosters crowing at three o'clock in the afternoon. They don't even know what time it is there. Yep. It's crazy, it's mayhem. They don't Anyways, even care. What? Since then we were going to talk about chickens, but I don't understand what chickens have to do with pest control. So, enlighten me. Well, the
3: the issue with chickens is. Usually people, when they make chicken coops, don't make a complete chicken coop where it seals up on the bottom as well, or you have some sort of a screening down the bottom. Or the screening they use is a little bit too big as far as the diameter of the holes, and so it allows rodents to get through there. And then for ease of convenience, they usually put in self-feeders for the chickens. And so that just leaves food sources out all night long, which in turn you get rats that come in and feed on the feeders oh. for the, of the chicken food. And I've actually had pictures where it's just a ring of rats around a chicken feeder, you know, <laughs> like in northeast or southeast Portland. But it, it, it's all where any of the cities that have allowed urban chicken coops are definitely seeing a huge increase in rat problems. But, and, it, and a lot of it's contributed from directly to the, the chicken coops.
2: The chickens don't have a problem with the rats.
3: No, they're... They, they, they're they uh, indifferent to them. Yep. They don't bother them at all. The and rats don't, the rats don't go after the chickens either, but it's just... Uh,
2: they don't care that they're eating their food?
3: They, not not at all. Apparently, chickens aren't territorial or... Chickens are asleep at night, and so that's when it's a... Uh, oh, it's, yeah. Uh,
2: they're up in the coop, I guess. Yep.
3: A happy little pairing of uh, food sources, and they can eat, eat their, at their different times of the day.
1: So you said uh, screening on the bottom. So you what you would recommend if somebody did... Absolutely, have to have their chickens. Yep, was to put a tight screen. Correct, something on uh, the ground. We
3: usually like for hardware cloth using like quarter inch or or so. You don't want to usually use anything larger because if you go to half inch, mice can get through half inch. And so, wow. we, you, we usually recommend using quarter inch hardware cloth, and and even putting that, making sure that's the kind of size of screen you have on the sides as well, because otherwise rats will just crawl up. I mean, rats can crawl up a cinder block wall because there's enough texture on that wall. They can actually grab a hold of it. My get their chickens, claws they can right crawl there. right up that. And so yeah. it, you want to make sure that you have a structure for your chickens that they cannot get into because they will definitely, if there's a way to get in there, they will find the way in. And if you don't have anything on the ground, you can go out to chicken coops and you need to see the tunnels everywhere for the rat Oh yeah. It just dig right burrows. through the ground, right? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
2: Well, so that kind of, I mean, it has to be a screen on the bottom. If people are using it for, fertilizing something i mean we've talked about chicken coops that people make where the chickens are inside mm-hmm. and it's mobile it's a mobile chicken coop so yeah. that they can fertilize oh, yeah, yeah. You
1: pick it up and absolutely move
2: yeah i can't remember what they called that yeah, but it was, it was a name was for it. some kind of a mobile chicken coop anyway that would definitely require a, a screened bottom but there's no reason why that couldn't be a, a mm-hmm. quarter inch absolutely quarter inch hardware cloth uh for that yeah that makes perfect sense uh that's Here's something else that I remember from previous interviews with Matt White with The Killers at TheKillers.net. Ding! Uh, <laughs> I remember you telling me that bird feeders, regular bird feeders Absolutely. Like for, for wild birds, right? That people will just put bird feed out or suet or whatever, um, but that falls to the ground and that draws Correct. rodents it does yeah
3: it, and it's bird or squirrel feeders cuz a lot of times your birds they don't like all of the seed that's in whatever mix you're putting in your feeders and so they'll kick out a certain portion of that yeah. <laughs> and that ends up on the ground and then and then mice or rats usually rats is what we're seeing in those areas uh, will come in and I've seen big burrows right underneath directly underneath the um the the feeders and so it's just a, it's a matter of getting in there and and getting making sure the seeds cleaned up or and I have Everything I know about rats, I have bird feeders at my own house, but I don't let the bird seed build up on the ground. I let the feeders go completely empty, and then you give it a a week or so. So that means the birds will then go to the ground and clean up all of that other seed that's on the ground before I put seed back into the feeders. Mm. Um, But you really have to be proactive at making sure you don't have a lot of birdseed on the ground because, yeah, rats will come in. And that's usually one of the biggest things that we're seeing where not only the person that has the chicken coop has rat problems, but all the attaching and adjacent neighbors have rat (laughs) problems because of that chicken coop.
1: So Uh, you might not even have a chicken coop, but have a huge rat problem because your neighbor... Behind you or next to you. you
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's
1: something to be conscious of. Or a bird feeder. I mean, as simple as a bird feeder. And, And the costs
3: are significantly higher because on in the past when we had a rodent problem we could usually do a quarterly service and be very effective at rodents when you have chicken coops at that property or the adjacent property we really have to do monthly service now and so it, you're talking a considerable difference in costs to go to a monthly service on a home versus a, a quarterly service and so then it becomes how what are you willing to spend for your organic eggs to you know, rather than you know spending 5 or 6 bucks a dozen at the the store is a lot cheaper than than having chickens
2: right i mean plus they're only like three dollars a dozen i mean they're pretty inexpensive yeah i don't understand the whole chicken movement thing i don't either but i i mean i do understand it because people love the idea
1: of having the chickens and they feel close to nature is it the whole farm
2: to table thing yeah i think it's the
3: the naturalness of you know and also for kids to learn that you know hey we get eggs from the chickens and then we bring them in and cook them and you know that whole process i think is
2: interesting people try to get that i understand it. i just don't want to do it yeah that's where <laughs> i'm at I, I i like knowing that that's something i could do if i were going to uh, but i'm not gonna Yeah, <laughs> unless i had to um but he, i know what you mean about the bird feed right because there's a lot of different kinds in there and then they kick out something they do. absolutely cory Corey gets trail mix and then just drops all the almonds he doesn't want the almonds he's just (laughs) peanuts cashews and m&ms and raisins that's good he just dumps the almonds or maybe it's the raisins i can't remember (laughs) making stories (laughs) (laughs) i know what that's about um so yeah that's very interesting about bird feed i mean i like to feed birds and it turns out it you end up feeding squirrels too because i had no it's a funny commercial on tv right now Somebody has like twenty five bird feeders in the back of the house, and they've just filled them all up. And then they walked around the corner, and then when they come back around and say something, and squirrels come out of every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. I didn't know up until a few years ago that squirrels would get into bird feeders.
1: Oh my goodness! And oh yeah. Bird feed. We they had bird bird feeders at our old home, and it would it was a fight to keep them out of the bird feeders. I mean, I tried everything. Mm -hmm. I tried those big cones that you put on the bottom. Mm -hmm. I had squirrel-proof bird bird feeders. They don't exist. Yep. There's no such thing. I've seen people like lube up the pole that they sit on, you know, and keep them away from
2: whatever. I mean, I swear they're pole vaulting in there. Oh yeah, they do. Well, They They know what's going on. Squirrels can jump for like a mile. And then the other, the second mile, they just have wings or something, and they <laughs> glide over. we <laughs> got to take another quick break here. Um, Matt, don't go away. We've got more questions for you. We need to know everything you know about pest control and extermination. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. We'll be right back. Being a homeowner in today's market isn't easy. With families hanging on to their homes longer, energy efficiency and long-term quality have become top priorities. Future generations will benefit from the choices you make today. Make the right choice. Invest in your family's future with Flygem Windows, available at area par lumber locations. You'll enjoy designer, low-maintenance windows at a price that won't jeopardize the kids' college fund. They're approved by the National Association of Home Builders and ENERGY STAR certified.
0: So why do people shop at PAR? Because we know that people who want to build need selection, competitive pricing, on-time delivery, and real experts who really know how to give expert advice. Just ask Shana.
1: We help design projects all the time. Let's take a look at your plans. That's why people shop at PAR. If you've got a project you need help with, visit any one of our PAR locations across the Pacific Northwest. To find a location near you, visit parr.com. For a
0: look that reflects your style, choose Marvin Windows & Doors. They'll enhance the essence of a room and the character of a home. Beautifully crafted with the most extensive selection of customizable options, it's easy to complement your vision. Marvin Windows & Doors are sold only at independent dealers who understand your home is more than your address. It's a feeling you create in a place that holds your dreams. Marvin Windows & Doors built around you.
2: Find exceptional service and inspiration at Par Design Center, your local Marvin dealer. Start your project with a trip to their Aloha location where Par Design Center's experts can help you find easy and stylish replacement solutions for your next remodeling project. Family owned and operated since 1930, go where the builders go. Par Design Center. Call Par Design Center at 503 614 2655 or visit online at par.com. That's P A R R.com.
1: Trex is the world's number one decking brand and the inventor of wood alternative composite decking.
2: Trex is committed to helping you create a low-maintenance backyard retreat that can handle the outdoors without depleting them and will do so for decades because your weekends should be spent relaxing on your deck, not repairing it. Choose from four distinct collections
1: in 21 colors to meet any design aesthetic on any budget with the comfort of a
2: 25-year fade and stain warranty. Trex, outdoor living elevated. Visit trex.com for more.
1: When you want to enhance your home's curb appeal with the look of real wood, choose real
2: wood, like Shakertown Cedar Siding. The genuine natural color and grain of Shakertown products offers a great cedar siding solution for your project, adding dimension and drama to your home's exterior. Whether you select individual sidewall shakes,
1: pre-manufactured Craftsman shingle panels, or pre-primed Cedar Cove shingle panels, your cedar siding will stand the test of time, outlasting building trends and its competition.
2: Made with 100% clear vertical grain heartwood cedar, nothing compares to the rich appearance and outstanding performance of our cedar shingle panels. They resist the effects of the sun, rain, pests, and time. For 50 years, Shaker
1: Town has been beautifying and protecting homes—a true American original. Visit ShakerTown.com
2: to learn more.
0: At Par, we're more than just lumber because we know people want more than just lumber. That's why we sell grills, sealers, stains, wheelbarrows, rags, bags, extension cords,
2: shop lights, saws, blades ladders and oh yeah yeti coolers and yeti thermoses visit your local par lumber and find any one of the many many things that we sell every single day
0: you're listening to the weekend warriors home improvement show built by par lumber when it comes to bigger small projects around the home tony and cory have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier now here's tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors
2: Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston, and we have Matt White with the Killers on the show today. Thank you so much for being with us, Matt. That's right. Thanks for staying with us. Yeah, absolutely. Today, uh, we are talking with Matt White about uh, pets. Pests. Not pets. (laughs) Well, we could talk about pets.
1: Do you have a pet?
2: I do have pets. Do you find... Oh, here we go. Fleas. Fleas. I don't have flea problems. Do, do you have to deal with <laughs> flea problems? Do people call you about flea we problems?
3: We do. Yeah, definitely get flea calls quite often. Um, usually later in the spring, summertime, as it gets drier out, um, people will get a lot of flea problems outside in the yard. And inside, it's usually because they have a pet that goes in and out. Right. But yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a treatable situation. It's It's another one that's hard for homeowners to treat themselves because they'll do bug bombs and all the over-the-counter stuff, but it doesn't get at the root of the problem. It'll definitely kill fleas. But it's not going to get the overall problem, and and what needs to happen is you got to stop the cycle of them reproducing, and that's that's what we can do. Right. It usually takes a couple treatments, uh, but uh, but we can definitely knock them out.
2: I'll tell you what I've I've lived in a house with a pet that came in and out and caused a flea problem the point where you walk through a room in white socks and see them jumping onto your socks. Oh my! Yeah, and then <laughs> bomb the house, and it gets a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Bomb it again. And it gets a little bit better. Bomb it again. You know what I mean? You're like, yep. and here's the thing, trying to live in a home that you're bombing constantly to get <laughs> rid of, uh, you know, an insect or something. That's no way to live. You got to put stuff away. You're all worried about you're cleaning all the counters because you're that stuff sitting on there. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's terrible. It's terrible.
1: Yeah. Bug bombs are not fun. No, bug bombs so are not fun. What is the root of the problem? I mean, how do, what do you guys do? How do you treat that? We use products that are a growth regulant,
3: so it sterilizes one of the stages, so they're not able to keep reproducing. And so that's what it really takes to stop that cycle. And then using the adulticides to to knock down the overall adult population.
2: Adulticides.
3: Using all the fancy words. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's just the fact that you understand how that works. I, I mean, I totally get that, right? Because they're still reproducing even during the bombing. And so you bomb and then more are born because Correct. they were already all protected inside their shell. No, best aside
3: for me. Yeah. And they get real, like real deep down in the carpeting. Like your bug bombs are going to treat surface areas and go into those areas where it can easily get to, but it's not going to permeate down into the, like, the carpets and stuff. Right. And so that's, that's usually where the problem lies is depending on how dense the carpet is. That's where the eggs are usually going to be at. And if you just, using bug bombs and it's going to kill all the adults that are laying on top or any of the the different stages that are laying on top. Yeah, it'll kill those, but it's not going to get to the ones that are down high and lower.
2: Okay. Here's another one that I think of when I think of fleas. What about lice? Do lice? You have, do you ever have to deal with lice? We
3: don't. It Lice is really more of a, a cleaning thing. And that's if you look online, you'll see a lot of stuff on there. But it's really about just going from top to bottom in your house and cleaning everything. Ah, uh, there's really, and we do get calls where people who want us to come out and treat for lice, but there's really no pest control company that needs to come out and treat for that. It's just, it's a clean cleaning issue.
2: I remember um when my kids were in elementary school and they come home and the teachers would send them with a note, check your kids for lice. We're having mm-hmm. a lice outbreak at school, or oh, blah, yeah. blah blah. And I remember taking stuffed animals and shoving them in the dryer <laughs> and drying them because yep. I guess the dryer gets hot enough. That it can kill the Absolutely. lice that might be on Absolutely. it so we just dried everything in the house <laughs> we're just like throwing the you know the toothbrush and you know the everything in the Absolutely. dryer and just Absolutely. drying everything
1: and then you pull the, the uh the vent thing out and there's a lice cake on there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's>
3: gross. Gross. <laughs> the, you mentioned the dryer dryer actually works good uh with bed bug problems you can run your linens and and blankets things like that through the the dryer uh, when you have bed bug issues, and that'll kill any of the stages of bed bugs that are in that, whether it's eggs or you just want to dry on a real warm cycle. Uh, but that'll definitely help getting, you know, rid of bed bugs in stuff, whether it's stuffed animals and, and toys and things like that. You can run through the dryer safely. Um, and that... Works good in conjunction with the spray applications that we do. So it's it's really with when we do bed bug stuff, it's really teamwork between right. our guys and the homeowner themselves to, they to do the do
2: stuff. All that other stuff. You're not going to hang out in the house and do Correct. their laundry for like you know a couple of days. Well, if they make a good breakfast, maybe, but <laughs> you
1: yeah. won't be sleeping there. <laughs> I can
2: see how if they want to get it out, that you'd have to work together to get all this stuff and that makes perfect sense. What is
1: one of the worst? Tell us a story about the worst bed bug situation you've ever been in.
3: It yeah it's there. What doesn't matter if it's ants or bed bugs or you know you there's every every pest guy has the the stories of like I've walked into a house that had called for about bed bug problems as a manufactured home. You go in and when you walk into a house and you can see bed bugs on the walls, in the texture on the ceiling, and I mean basically when you come into the house and you see them everywhere like that. That means they're bad because they usually don't like to be out during the daytime. They're usually out at nighttime. It's really dark. And so when you walk into a house and you see them like that, that that means they're, when you get to the areas where you normally will find them, they're going to be bad.
2: You're already shaking your head. You walk in the door and you're like, oh man. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh man. And
3: then you get to the bed and there's, you know, they're a quarter inch deep on the railings of the bed. I mean, just literally. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Because some people don't react to the bug bites from bed bugs. And so that's usually what brings us out there. Some people get very adverse reactions like you with uh, with mosquitoes. People have that same type of reaction with bed bugs. But some people don't. And so they don't react at all. And that's where you get very severe infestations where people don't, don't realize that they're there.
2: Yeah, that reminds me of like – there's a TV show um... – called Naked and Afraid mm-hmm. where people go out into the wilderness oh, yeah. with no clothes on the and they sleep crazy on the ground and like on day 21 you know at the end of the show they're literally covered from head to toe oh, yeah. with bites
3: and some of them they go in their bodies go into shock cuz they've so been bitten so many, many times bites. Yeah.
2: and i'm like well, i mean one bite drives me crazy i cannot imagine Eighty thousand bites
3: yeah i've seen that where literally the entire their entire arms and legs are covered with little red bumps and it's all bug bites that's
2: sunburned terrible 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 i had a i had a spider in my bed at at one point in my life 20 years ago or whatever and it crawled up my leg and bit me every six (laughs) inches all the way up (laughs) past my knee had like eight bites in a row up my leg and then it stopped.
3: And usually you don't see that much from spiders, but when they feel threatened, because usually spiders they'll they'll bite once and then they're done. And that that's they're just they bite as a reaction to something if they're getting smashed or, uh, so they in that situation. That would be a perfect situation where they could bite multiple times because the covers smashing them down on you, and so they're feeling threatened, and so they'll yeah. bite multiple times like that.
2: Yeah, that was. Uh, we, I mean didn't know what was going on. I thought. Did you catch that word? He said feel. If, spiders have feelings <laughs> yes they do yes they do which means if you if you go after a spider don't toy with it just get it done because if he has a chance to feel like don't you're hurt his feelings <laughs> you don't want to hurt his feelings look you guys yeah you
1: guys are making a mess in here
2: <laughs> <laughs> spiders yeah spiders i mean i i know that so many times we talk to people uh, or we read articles or we watch on the discovery channel somebody saying Be careful with spiders because spiders, you know, rid us of all these other things like mosquitoes and flies and the other things that they do. But they also create spider webs everywhere and they get in my hair and, you know, drive me crazy. Oh, yes. uh, And spider droppings. Spider definitely want to get rid of spiders. That's for sure. I, um, I, I don't like spiders, really, but I am the spider exterminator at my house. If one is located, <laughs> uh, I'm the one who goes after. We've got more to talk about as soon as we get back from this break. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your Weekend Warriors, and we will be right back.
0: Listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Parlumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for staying with us today in the show. We're talking with Matt White from The Killers. Uh, they do pest control, and uh, in the Portland metro area, Matt. I want to know a little bit about you. You know, we've talked about all these different bugs, but you know, people. I hired you because I got to know you. You showed up in my house. I trusted you. I mean, I didn't even know you, but I trusted you because, you know, I, I, I thought I had the silverfish problem. And he immediately was like, no, you're good. You don't. And I mean, immediately I said, man, this guy is trustworthy, right? So tell us a little bit about how you even got into this business, a little bit about yourself. Long we'll walks on the beach, yeah. that bug,
2: kind of stuff. Bug killer
3: extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I've been doing this just about 25 years now. And I started with the company back just doing services. And, and basically, it's kind of the American deal. You know, I started at the bottom, worked my way up through the company, and became part owner in 2011, and then primary owner a couple of years ago. And it's uh, like, I say, just that all all American dream of, you know, starting somewhere and working hard. And, and doing what we do and and sticking with it that's the big thing that's what i see you know with you know especially younger the younger I hate saying that now. That makes me sound old. Makes but. you feel old. <laughs> <laughs> All well, the kids. <laughs> them kids. You know,
2: don't let that make you feel old. Let it be the gray in your beard. Yeah, that happens. Or the gray around your ears. All yeah. my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> or that.
3: But no, it's uh, it's just sticking with it. I mean, because there was times that different opportunities came up. And I thought, well, maybe I should go do that. That might you know, might end up better. And, and I'm just glad that I I stuck with what I was doing. And, and it's it's worked out well um we've grown for a, a lot since uh, I became part owner and then you know finished and then became primary owner and, and i think now we have about 17 18 19 trucks on the road now and, uh, in all our different areas and, and it's i think altogether we're 24 25 employees now and it's uh it's just fun seeing that as as we've grown and now i have family members in the business now you know yeah. my wife does all of our bookkeeping my son-in-law now is kind of our director of operations so it's it's fun to be able to share what I learned over all these years and all the fun I've have doing what we do. And that's, and that's it. People ask, well, are you going to sell your company? It's like, no, I'm still having fun at what I do. And so it's, I, I don't see me changing that anytime soon. It's just, it's still fun, especially now that I have family members involved in, in the business and, and, and it's definitely still fun. And it's, it's fun seeing that growth now. And especially like with my son-in-law and he's excited about, you know, and he's younger. So he's like 30, you know, mid early thirties. And so, He's got newer ideas and stuff, and that actually works out well, uh, you know, to have those ideas. So I don't get stuck in the things I've always done. And he's got new ideas and things, and it's you know we've changed softwares and and so it's good having that other set of eyes, uh, a different perspective on it and stuff. So then it, it's fun just to see the the growth and also then putting uh, our team members and stuff in positions where they can do well. And and that's now that's the fun part for me is is putting them in positions where they can do really well and and. You know, do better for their families, and, and we try to do a lot of different stuff for our, you know, d- during the year for different company functions for the not only the team members but
1: families and, and gatherings and things like that. And it's a lot of fun. Well, I, being a family business, sorry Tony, but being a family business is really important to Tony and I because we work for a fantastic, you know, family-owned business, Lumber Company. That's right. And uh, to to be able to deal with somebody
2: like you, who's a family-owned business, mm-hmm. it's great. Absolutely. Here's my really strong connection to that, right? The family-owned business is amazing because you uh, you came into the company. You didn't have family in the business, right? Correct. You worked up to the top, part owner, then sole owner, and then brought your family in. Now, it's going to be your legacy. See? You have it, and you're passing it down, and your son or son-in-law or daughter or whatever is going to come up and take this, and then they have something they can hand down. So much more to you than just a career now a legacy. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That is, that's huge for me to think about. That's huge. I, I wonder what my legacy will be, you know, and, um, I probably won't be an entrepreneur, um, or have a business to hand down to my kids, but, but, uh, having a legacy is a big deal. Uh, it, it's par definitely lumber, fun. par lumber company's legacy is a big deal. And, and I, I think it's Corey and I take it real seriously. So that's super exciting. How many trucks do you guys have?
3: Uh, like I say, I think we're up to 17 to 19, something like that. I don't know. I wow. I know when uh, my wife sees me at the the auto dealer getting more trucks, she's always wondering, how, <laughs> oh, God, how many more are we getting?
0: <laughs>
3: well,
2: we need them. <laughs> yes, we yeah, do. we need them. I, I mean, I would love to drive around a – uh, company vehicle for you if you uh want to <laughs> get me one. Uh, no, you can't you uh, can't miss our for... <laughs> trucks. They're they're
3: completely wrapped. They say the killer's all over them. Yes, so, they yeah, do. You, you definitely don't miss our trucks going down the road.
2: Well I'll tell you what, I love the logo. It's like a 20s throwback kind of logo with a you know a Gatlin gun kind of thing or, you know, maybe it's a Tommy gun. Tommy. Yeah, gun. Tommy gun. Yep. Yeah. Or and maybe it's a what was the duo, the nineteen twenties Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. It's kind of a it's yeah. kind of an homage to Bonnie and Clyde. I love it. Yep. I absolutely love it, and uh, I love that you are that you're with that because that wasn't something that you um, conceived of, right? It was correct. there. Correct. No,
3: oh no, it was uh, it was there, and but and you
2: adopted it, and correct. you love it, and I love that you love it.
3: And I always looked at it as like the Bonnie and Clyde, and then as my I have grandkids, and now that they're getting to be around four or five years old, and they're they look at that as that's Nana and Papa now, not 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 <laughs> oh, Bonnie yeah. and Clyde. That's <laughs> somehow they interpret that as us now. And that that part's kind of funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is great. Um, do you feel like that you're able to respond to the need for your services um, and not have to turn people away? I mean, do, are you, do you get so busy sometimes that you have to push um, customers out?
3: Not really. Our, our turnaround time is usually one to two, one to three days. I mean, so we're usually, uh, from a pest control standard, I mean, usually a pretty quick turnaround time. That is For, fast. for most um because usually when people are calling and they have ants on their counters or a rat inside they don't want to wait 2 or 3 weeks for a service they want somebody out there now so you know this time of year as we get you know into the spring and summer more and and into the fall we definitely work longer hours this time of year but then you know we work shorter hours you know when the time changes in the winter time so it's it's all it's all relevant but it's when it's daylight out we're we're staying busy
1: so if somebody wants to get a hold of you they uh, go to your website or uh, you want to give out your phone number? Is Absolutely, it...
3: yeah. No, the, the website's great. There's a lot of good information on there, thekillers.net. Or you can call us. Our uh, 800 number is probably the easiest you get where all the different areas we cover. It's 800-805-5455.
2: Okay. eight zero five five four five five. I like it. Thekillers.net.
1: So uh, we, we still have some more to talk about. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I want to know, Tony and I were talking earlier about bees. You know, bees is kind of a catch-all term. You know, you see anything flying that could potentially kill you, you call it a bee. Yeah, and it goes... Bzzz, stinging yeah. insects. Yeah, stinging insect kind of gets lumped together as a bee. But there's a lot of different types of bees. And we've
3: got no trouble before.
1: Yeah, we Upset have. some people. Yeah, yeah that's we, <laughs> right. We have. And the thing about it is that it's incorrect about that statement is bees are good for the environment. Honeybees. Honeybees. You said mason bees. Mason bees, honeybees are, are both really,
3: really good for the environment.
1: But there are bumblebees. Bumblebees, bumblebees. But wasps, hornets, yellow jackets. Wasps, hornets, and yellow jackets are probably they're just the three, like they They're just... like bee militia.
3: Well, and they can be detrimental to people. People get anaphylactic shock and stuff. So if they get stung, it can be severely bad for, for a person. So that's why we do a lot of services. This last year, this last summer was probably the worst year we've ever seen. You know, in twenty five years I've been doing this, it is the worst year I've ever seen for yellow jackets and hornets this last year. What? Last summer.
1: What is some of the things that you're doing to control those sorts of uh, insects, you know, the wasps, hornets mm-hmm. that, you know, because we want to preserve the bees that we have, the honeybees. are are there treatments out there that uh, are less detrimental to the other flying insects? Definitely. Well, when we do like hornet or yellow jacket treatments,
3: it's usually either treating a paper nest that somebody's found or ground nests. And the ground nests are definitely, Probably some of the most aggressive. You know, usually it's where either someone or a family member or a pet has walked through one of where the nests are at. And there, if you don't go into the area where they're going, the line of flight where they're going in and out, you can get usually pretty close to a nest. But if you go over that nest or stand next to it or something in the wrong area, uh, you literally can get a hundred or two hundred of them coming out at you because they are definitely very defensive. And so those we're treating directly. Uh, so it's treating that nest. So it's not going to harm bumblebees or mason bees or honeybees, which is definitely our focus. Because we definitely need those to, to help with you know everything in our environment, flowers and food sources.
2: I actually have a whole, I have some more questions about bees, specifically like wasps, damage causing sort of bees. Uh, but it's going to take more time than we have. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Tony and Corey and Matt White with The Killers. Don't go away.
0: Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us today. We've got Matt White from The Killers in here talking about bugs. And uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, bees, uh, wasps, hornets. Um, you had we were during the break. We were kind of talking about a story. Uh, that you had last year that was fairly unbelievable. What do you got, Tony? I got to
2: interject really quickly. (laughs) Um, So the three of us are in the studio, right? We're all looking at each other, right? We're recording the show. We have breaks and stuff. And then this bee flies through, just like a minute ago, right between all three of us. Here's the thing. Were you thinking? I looked in your eyes, Corey. Were you thinking to yourself, I think that Matt can talk to that bee. (laughs) I think he's bringing them in. He's like videoing this whole thing. It's like they're like these tiny drones he has, I think.
3: You noticed he came around, and when he got to me, he went right back out the door. (laughs) I
2: know. I'm saying. He saw you, and he's like, oh, that guy's in there. Let's get out.
1: What's funny is I was not thinking that. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) I was somehow
2: uh, thinking that they could be drones. Anyway, let's let's talk about the worst situation maybe that you've seen or a situation where honeybees were mistaken for something that, that was not a dangerous bee.
3: Absolutely. No, we do, like in the summertime, we'll get calls where people just are amazingly freaked out. They'll see like, the, they'll say, oh, a swarm of bees just flew into my backyard. That, and usually when they use that term, a swarm, that usually is very indicative of uh, honeybees. And so what the, the swarm is doing is following the queen to wherever she's going to go and, and move that nest to. And so usually what we tell people is, they're usually going to land somewhere and you'll see this big mass of bees and it can be a ball, you know, basketball size or even larger. I've seen them and they're just resting. And so they'll stay there. could be for an hour, could be two hours, four or five hours. Uh, but really just as long as they're not getting into the house or, you know, cause I've had that where that happens where they go into a chimney or something like that. But as long as they're just out in the backyard or in a tree and they're not hurting anything, if you just leave them alone, they're going to move on and until she finds a, a spot where she wants to to move that nest to. But we really try to not do any treatments for those. Or we do work with a lot of beekeepers that will, if they can, depending on where it's located, run out and collect those. and the, Give them a the home. home. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Shorten That's up really, their trip a little bit. It's really
1: interesting uh, when you talk about the different sort of honeybees and wasps and nests mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. You said paper nests. You also said ground. Correct. Are there? What are the different things for people to look out for? Um, Absolutely. When, yeah, so, you know, in the situations where they need should call. Well, the, the, probably the most
3: aggressive ones that we get are going to be the, the ground nests. Uh, and then you also get uh, hornets and wasps, paper wasps, that make the, the paper nests. And so when you see those nests, uh, you know, some of them can be small baseball size, but we've, I've seen them a foot wide and two feet long. So, I mean, they get really large. And your, your bald-faced hornets get pretty aggressive as well. <laughs> and so they're 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 not a fun one to deal with. They're really large. Uh getting stung by one is not fun. And so the uh usually you're getting stung by those it's it's a single sting. So that that part's not as bad as as say yellow jackets where they'll swarm out of the ground, you know, a couple hundred of them and, and attack you. And so I've gotten stung, you know, before I did bug stuff back in the day on the farm, I got stung like six or eight times in the face because, of course, I had clothes and stuff on. And of so They're mean. And so th- that's one of those things where you just, uh, you got to be aware of your surroundings, especially as you get to the later summer months, because um, it can be anywhere around the outside of your house, especially if you have kids or anybody that could be allergic to, to bee stings and stuff. So you just have to be very careful in that. And so
1: so you if you have a bunch of ground nests, what do you do?
3: So we usually, you know, we have the the, the cool suits where we suit up. But it's got the little cover over your head and so you don't get stung and gloves. And, and we go out there and we just uh, put products into the nest in the ground directly. We have machines that will actually pump a little gas down into the ground so it kills the whole colony and usually within just a matter of minutes. Uh, but you still have the, the yellow jackets and stuff that are flying around that are coming back to the nest. So it can take up to 24 hours, 48 hours for all the bees to, the, the, the yellow jackets to die once they get back into that ground nest, uh, but once it's treated, that nest is is not going to be viable any longer.
2: Well, I, I had a little bit of a run in with a bald face hornet <laughs> or a couple of hundred bald face hornets. <laughs> I've
1: heard this story, and
2: here's here's my contribution from that. Mm-hmm. Right, this is my contribution. By the time I found the nest, it was the size of a basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was it was not to be taken lightly. Um, probably the bigger, more important thing about that is that. I stumbled across it, and by the time I stumbled across it, it had been being built for some time. Like you said, they could be a, a a baseball or a softball or something like that. But this was not. This was enormous. This took a long time to make, and I was oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. This is weird. So here's my takeaway. Here's my <laughs> takeaway. I feel like that you around this time of year, uh, you should be going out and inspecting your property. Check the eaves on all four corners of your house and in between check your shed all the way around. Look for this type of a thing to be being built. Mine was uh, a paper, uh nest, right? A bald faced Hornet. That's uh, what you determined that it mm-hmm. was after I told you the story. And those things are, those things are, uh, they're warriors. I mean, Absolutely. they are literally assassins. They are out to get you. And all they have is that stinger and it's enough. (laughs) Uh, I thought that I was, I thought that I was armed with what I needed. I had two cans of Hornet spray that (laughs) fires about eight feet or so, you know, when you pull the trigger and I figured I'm good to go. Plus I got my kids out there and they each had cans. We surround and drown, right? We figured we're good. Well, (laughs) this is what I didn't know. Three of us went out of there. But by the time we pulled the trigger, there was only one of us left. (laughs) The other two saw bees before we even started attacking and ran. I was alone. Probably the smart move. Yeah. I emptied those two cans, uh, which sprayed about a good seven or eight feet into that nest. But they don't just fall over dead (laughs) if uh, they come out of there, man. Oh, yeah. And they're looking for whatever is attacking them. And it's, uh, man, one of them made eye contact with me. And he was, I mean, literally... (laughs) Lee was looking right at me. He's like, I'm coming for you. And <laughs> oh, it, was yeah. a, it was a bit of a scary moment. They are uh, They're mean. Who They are mean. mean. But uh, I would not suggest t- tackling the um, nest on your own. Um, just call somebody who can put on a suit and handle it quickly. And uh, that's Matt. Matt White. Absolutely. That's- I watched
1: a video, I think, last week of a guy uh, getting rid of a paper, Nest mm-hmm. that was attached to his eave on his home. Yeah. With his drone.
3: Oh, I've seen those see videos. Oh he yeah. He goes
1: up to it and ch- like literally just flies into it and chops it off. Yeah. And it falls to the ground.
2: <laughs> that is so stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. Do they it's attack crazy. the drone? They, they do. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt the
3: drone. But and I've seen that where there be a, like a big bald faced hornet nest out there, you know, football or a basketball size, and they'll just run the blades right up to the to the nest and slice the nest open. And then of course they start flying everywhere, and so. But yeah, it's there's some pretty cool
1: videos online.
2: Yeah, I, gotta, I have to check that out. Yeah, And yeah, that might bring back some memories. Let me, me ask you,
1: what kind of nest? You know, I've I've seen nests before that are up in the eaves that are that look like mud. Yeah, mud dauber. Mud dauber. Mud dauber.
3: Yeah, and and actually, if you break those open, um, after many years of doing pest control, I I seen you know somebody brought in, the, oh, I, there are spiders in the mud dauber nest, and it's like, oh. Well, the spiders were actually placed in there by the female or one of the drones and stuff. And so the larva will feed on the spiders. They stick an egg sack of spiders in there. And then the the larva of the mud daubers will feed on on the spiders. So you open it up, there's all these little spider legs and stuff in there. And it's not the spiders going in there after the fact. They
1: were in there from the beginning. The, 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 The drones put them in there. You know there's a name for that?
2: Mm-mm.
1: Nest of nightmares. Ooh, <laughs> That's what that is. Legs. Oh, my
2: God. Legs and legs and legs. Oh, yeah. Uh, mud daubers. I've seen them a lot in Arizona. Yeah. Very common in Arizona because uh, in Arizona it's hot, so you spend a lot of time in the pool. Mud daubers will have a nest in a nearby tree, mm-hmm. and they come zooming down to the pool, yep. scoop scoop up as much water as they can and take it back. Absolutely. Uh, as they're building their nest, which is very... So my brother, I have my brother lives in Arizona, has a pool, and uh, we would... Count the amount of mud doppers we could take out in a day, but you couldn't leave the pool. So you had to wait for them to come to you. How would you take them out? Just like that. Really? The same way you splash somebody with water, you just smack them.
3: You can smack them fast and they don't have time for the stinger to go
1: out.
2: Yeah, just smack them right on the water. This
1: happened to me when I was in Arizona, visiting my in-laws, laying in the pool, just, just laying there. Minding
2: your own business. Minding my own business, <laughs> and we're
1: watching them come in and get water. Yeah, you know we're like, oh man, look at these things are coming in. They drop, get water, take off. Yeah. Literally, I'm trying to take a nap in the pool, and the thing comes in, lands on my hand, stings me, and takes off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. He was I was doing provoked. nothing to you.
2: Arizona's the same place you got stung by a scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I stepped on a scorpion <laughs> in my bedroom. It happens. Yeah, yay. Well, then we don't. Fortunately, we don't have a lot of scorpions around here. That is true, and so for us, that's good. But uh, you know what? It's always great to have you on the show. Um, you always shed light on things that I wouldn't have otherwise known, and, and it's just it's super great to be able to bring brain. Right we appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, right. thanks for coming in. in. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, Matt White with the Killers at TheKillers.net. That's all the time we got. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a-